Welcome into episode number six of the Sharps Report podcast. My name is Matt Peralt. You guys probably know me from the Daily Juice podcast. This podcast is a long form conversation with bookmakers, professional sports gamblers and market makers that we want to identify and have long form talks with. And this guy Well, I started talking to him back in 2001. That's 20 years of conversations about sports betting in the media. He is Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports, going back to our Huntsville, Alabama days, joining us here on the Sharps Report. Lee, how are you, my friend? That's pretty good because I'm only 25. So it started, I guess, when I was about four or five years old. So, yeah, it's been a long ride. I've stayed in the same place in Miami. You've moved all over and finally settled in a rocket ship of a city. Vegas is it right now. Yeah, Vegas is a lot of fun. I want to start the conversation just to give people a background as to how you got into this, how long you've been doing this. I've heard this a bunch of times, but for audiences, for listeners who don't know your background, how did you become, you know, one of the guys who you hear all over the place handicapping games? Okay, so I played quarterback at Southwest Texas State, now Texas State, in 1981, 82. I um was um, someone who actually bet games with my dad when I was in high school and junior high. Um, he bet he was a four, he was a dentist and a coach. In fact, when I was 11 years old, I don't think you know this story. So he we got on a plane one time. I'll never forget. It's 11, 12 years old, and we go to San Diego. He says you're going to hear someone that changed football. We went to a conference where Sid Gilman spoke. And Sid Gilman, who was the coach of the San Diego Chargers, was one in three and four receivers with one running back and went through his principles on offensive football. And then I'll never forget that after the conference, my dad started talking to him and the conference ended at like six o'clock. He says to Sid, how'd you like to have dinner with me? So the three of us having dinner, I'm 12 years old. Until about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, we closed down a restaurant in San Diego. And so that's what always got me interested in the philosophy of offense. And in, in a nutshell, his offense was, listen, I, I, I'm not going to get the greatest players. But if I can get players in one-on-one situations, then I'm probably going to get some pretty big games. Instead of trying to bang it out and, you know, the old offenses in the AFL you know, we're, we're pro set offenses. And, you know, if you didn't have talent, you know, like the Raiders or the Chiefs or the Jets, you weren't going to win. So he found a different way around it and was was very successful. So I go to college after a couple of years, realized I'm not playing in the NFL, transferred to the University of Texas. And as I'm there, you know, I'm picking games for all my friends and talking to some players I used to play with. I think like eight guys played in the NFL from that most notably uh, uh, one of my good friends, Ricky Sanders for the Redskins. And so I used to pick up the phone and call them and, and find out what's going on and, you know, not doing anything legal. We're just friends. And that got me interested in handicapping. And then never forget this. I'm managing leasing shopping centers. I'm still a real estate broker and still, do some stuff there. And I go to a wedding, I think it's about 28 years ago. And two guys at the table from my fraternity became sports talk show hosts in St. Louis and Houston. And they're like, why don't you come on and talk about the games? You used to always win for us. So I come on, um, start the season and think like 1993. And sure enough, 
after the segment, they're calling me like, listen, you got to have a number. I'm like, well, I don't have a number. Like, we'll get one. <laughs> I got an 800 number, did it part-time that year. And um, by the end of the year, I decided I was going to give it a go. I sent out 12 cassette tapes, put them in the mail to different sports talk show hosts. And 10 of those 12 took it. So I had 12 shows, quit the real estate business. And um, here I am. How have you seen later. How have you seen the world being so focused where the offshores were the only way to get an out now with legalization across the country through your eyes, just what does this world look like? I mean, it's changed in the last two, three years. I mean, I'm I'm getting, I get four or five calls a week. How do I bet? Who do I bet with? How do I do it? You know? And I tell them, listen, call me when when I'm not busy. You know, football season, I'm working 80, 85 hours. We can all explain it to you. So um, it's not easy. You know, people think, oh, it's a glamorous job. I go to parties all the time. Like, people are like, first question, who's going to win the Super Bowl? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Ask me when it gets to the Super Bowl, and I'll probably have a, a decent chance of winning it. So that's the most common question. I don't love to talk sports when I'm I'm out a whole lot. I want to just relax and decompress. But um, I work hard. I mean, I've, I've watched 88 spring games already. And if you're looking for me to tell you Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and either Georgia or Clemson is going to be in the final four like Phil Steele does, <laughs> you've listened, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Um, I take some shots and uh, I think I've been successful more times than not. I, I sold my picks, I think about 10, 11 years ago in Vegas Insider for a year, didn't like how that turned out with some different pricing, uh, you know, thoughts about pricing, but I'm selling my picks at covers and um, probably the largest pick seller. I've been there over a year. It's worked out great. Mm. Uh, They're receptive to everything and they got almost 40 handicappers. And I was uh, the number one handicapper last year, combined college and pro football uh, money winner and made almost 20 grand. If they started with a thousand bankroll betting between uh, 100 and 500. I don't know hmm. if anyone can touch that. And and uh, came back, started doing hockey again, even won hockey uh, this year. And I'm, I think I'm five or six. I think I'm six right now in baseball uh, with a bullet. Since we figured out the spin rates, me and, and one of my associates, <laughs> there's some disparaging numbers that are incredible. So I'm um, using that. We got off to a slow start, but we're picking it up. And uh, only sport I didn't win in was college basketball. I had a losing record there, but had a had a good record in the NBA. So if you're looking for someone who's honest, you can reach and pretty affordable and can win for you. That might be what you're looking for. When you go to spring games, what yeah. are you looking for? When you when okay. you watch practice, when you what are you what are you trying to figure out by watching a spring game? Okay, I'm really good at figuring out quarterbacks. I can tell you where a quarterback is and will probably be, and. Most people don't have that knowledge. Just watch a game and they're looking to see what happens in the game. I'm looking at progressions. Like, let me give you an example. Josh Fields, who I loved, and I thought was a great pick by Chicago. And I thought pretty much all the rookie and young quarterbacks look really good this past week. Josh Fields looked great. Justin, yes. He was, Justin Fields, one of my, (laughs) he was was playing against third teamers. Mm -hmm. And his first progression he couldn't find a guy. Now, some of it was guys weren't open. Uh, he made things happen with his legs. And I think eventually he's going to get really good. But there's different degrees to being successful. And I'm just good at being able to look at quarterbacks. If I can 
go to a spring game and I go to 10 or 15 a year. Um, now you can watch them. They're on YouTube. I, I want to see teams. I'll go to games. I don't want to see where a coach is returning, an offensive coordinator and a quarterback's returning. I want to go where maybe a new coach or a new offensive coordinator and maybe a new quarterback um, or a quarterback going from his first to second year starting, maybe see some things and get there a day early, watch things, and then just sit back and just just take it all in. And uh, just I just I just that's my biggest snack. And also, besides quarterbacks, the most important thing, in my opinion, or not the left tackle in college football is the center makes the calls. Uh, obviously, in the NFL, it's the left tackle because they're facing the best pass rusher. But in college football, you have a center that can make the calls. And defensive tackles, why not defensive ends? Why not linebackers? There's a million guys that are 6'1", 230. There's not many guys that are 6'3", 300. And if two defensive tackles can neutralize the run game and mm. get some push, well, helps out a lot. Helps the defensive ends, helps the linebackers make tackles, and helps the cornerbacks, you know, gives them they only have to cover per, for probably a half second or a second less. Do you consider yourself an old school handicapper, meaning the eye test means something to you? A combination of everything. I use a lot of numbers. My background is actually in finance. I got a degree in finance, uh, got, have a master's also there. So, um, yeah, I, I you do use a lot of numbers. Like, I'm not going to go against, like, for instance, Nick Saban. When he's playing a former coach or, or playing, let's say, Louisiana Monroe, and he's got a big game the next week. If you're laying like 30, 35 points, you're going to be in the poorhouse pretty quick because he's just looking to put in some things, probably going to play his starters, maybe three quarters, play the young guys, and he's not, he doesn't care about covering. I mean, so you'll look at his record there. It's not very good. So, yeah, if there's a bad number and a bad situation staring me in the face, Get off the game. Don't play the game. You don't have to play the game. I mean, there's some pro weeks. I have one or two games. Right. You know, there's week. Well, now it's going to be week uh, 18 now with a bye. But there's been a couple times last week of the year, played one game or nothing. Like, listen, I don't have anything. Let's let's wait till the playoffs. Well, the thing that always attracted me, even back when we first started talking 20 years ago, is that your ability to identify angles on the non-Power 5 schools. You can go and identify a line that's on the board, because that's one thing we talk about a lot on the Daily Juice, is that, look, at one of our biggest weapons as gamblers is that we don't have to bet everything, but the books have to throw up numbers on everything. And the little to lesser-known games – you can find pretty big angles. How do right. you how do you divvy up your time from going inside the power five or outside the power five when it comes to what you're looking for? Well, so most people are doing every sport and I've got people helping me in baseball and hockey and, and UFC. So during the summer, I'm ready to go. I've pretty got every angle covered going into the year. So there's going to be some angles that come up, whether it's a coach, let's say like I can tell you week one, every coach that's facing uh, an, a team that he caught, you know, he was at last year. He might be the offensive coordinator last year. If a coach is an offensive coordinator for a school and he's going up against his old school, huge advantage. And, and you won't hear it talked about sometimes until the day before or when the game starts. And so, you know, average person couldn't tell you 
uh, Louisiana Monroe's nickname, let alone who their coach, who their coordinators are. And also if I can spot a lot of times backup quarterbacks. So sometimes there's a backup quarterback that's really good. Sometimes one that's a guy that's terrible. And like teams like Texas, they won't move the line much, one or two points when they go to a backup. But sometimes the difference is seven or eight points. So mm. that's where I've been able to make my hay. It's it's interesting because I, I think a lot of people who are in the handicapping world, you know, are always looking for those angles and looking for the right numbers. When do you get involved with college games? I mean, are you placing your bets on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Do you wait right oh. before Saturday? When do you look to get involved mostly? Okay. So if I get a good line on injuries, sometimes on Sunday night or Monday morning. So that's where there's an advantage. Once you get to like Tuesday, from like Tuesday to like Friday night, Saturday morning, sometimes you see almost no line movement at all. There's nothing. So you're betting into a bad number. So um, like I said, the key is also to be patient. Hmm. There's a lot of games where I like a team in the NFL, and I would bet it big if it was three and a half. But it's only sitting there at two two and a half or three. And sometimes they're the last five minutes before a game kicks off. There's a lot of stuff available all of a sudden. A lot of people aren't looking at the screen still, but if you're still looking at the screen, you got a lot of outs the last five minutes. I found some absolute gifts and some, some numbers that I've been waiting for all week. College too, or just pro both, both, but, but pro the, the, the number is so much more important, yeah. you know, I mean, like, look at preseason now. The average person couldn't tell you that there's no overtime anymore. They finally, they were talking about it. But I, I knew about this months ago. I mean, right. um, so when I bet some games, you know, uh, a month or two before they put out even, you know, uh, you know what, what the matchups were going to be as soon as they came out with a number, you know, I had an advantage. So uh, teams aren't, you know, they're not even going to play for a tie. They just want the game to end. And a half a point is just worth so much in preseason. All right, let's go through some of these conferences here because we're heading towards the college football season. I love picking your brain as to where some of these teams are going to go. So I, I want to start with kind of the bottom and work our way to the top okay. here. So I, I want to start. Let's do. Well, I am actually curious uh, about where you are with a couple of these teams that are outside the power five. So okay. we'll, we'll save the power five and count our way up because we're talking about the smaller conference teams. Yep. Mountain West has some interesting teams. Nevada's got a quarterback who's going to go potentially in the top five. UNLV has got a win total of one and a half, which I already bet the over on because I think it's ridiculous at one and a half. They have a win in week one, and then we'll see if they get one more win somewhere. What what happens if Tate Martell suits up and plays? I'm I'm in love. I'm I'm going to be rocking with him. You have a lot. Yep. No, I don't love I, I don't love I don't love a kid who's transferred to three schools and can't keep himself, you know, from getting kicked out. So, he can't, you know, he can't, here's what's interesting. I, I don't know how so many people missed on him. So I never liked the guy from the beginning. Mm. I'll never forget this. He shows up at the Miami spring game and I go to the game and I'm watching it. Couldn't throw a spiral. Mm. And then a day or two afterwards, after spring ball ended, the offensive coordinator at the time, Dean Elon, said, we're going to have to work on his grip. We're going to have to change his grip. I'm like, <laughs> you guys 20 years old, 21 years, and you're going to change his grip on the football? So I never got it. You know, they make some mistakes on kids. So um, so I, I like Nevada. I, th- I, I, I think that they're good. If you want a team that might just absolutely shock some people, I think you got to look at someone 
like maybe Air Force. Oh, Air Force. Um, so they return nine guys on defense. Usually, Letterman wise, they return like five or six total. Right. They had like thirteen or fourteen guys that decided to opt out last year. So big advantage. They're always playing guys when they're younger than everyone else. So, um, you know, you're looking for a team that that they always seem to do extremely well against the spread in conference. So their team, I also like Wyoming, you know, they lost their quarterback first play of the year last year. So, I mean, that was a, that was a tough, tough beat. And they were almost every team returned 17, 18 starters this year. Because, you know, you're allowed to come back because of COVID. They returned 21 Ooh. and pretty good uh, on on the line play. The problem is if they faced like a, a power team, like uh, I don't think they played face in many power teams at all. But if they were gotten to a bowl, had to face teams with real speed, like a Pac-12 school, let's say they win the Mountain West and they even had to face someone like UCLA. I think they get taken to the shed. They don't have the speed, but. Um, in conference, they can play with them, and I love the coach. Boise State's got some real problems. I really, mean, interesting. Yeah, I mean they they've got they've got uh, some injuries. They've got I, the talent level is way way down from a couple of years ago. That's probably uh, you know why they you know they had their coach leave, and now Andy Avalos got to kind of pick up the pieces. Hmm. All right. The AAC is going to be headlined by Cincinnati. Obviously, you yep. get the returning quarterback for for the Bearcats, who could be wind up. You could be a Heisman Trophy, com- yep. you know, in, in in the conversation. UCF always scores a ton of points. Are always a lot of fun to watch. Navy is a team that I've made a lot of money on over the years. Yep. Going ahead and betting on their offense and betting on them be able to run the football and put up some big numbers. But anybody in the AAC you like? So I think the coaching change is going to do UCF some big time. Uh, it's going to help them a lot. So I um, did not like Josh Heupel. Thought he was, I think he's a bum. I think he was just handed some great talent. Yeah. And he just rolled it out there. Um, Didn't do a good job when he was in Oklahoma. as offensive coordinator. So I think Gus Malzahn is going to fare really well at this level. I think he's a quality coach. I'm not saying he's a great coach, but at this level, he might be about, if not the best, right up there, top four or five. And I love the quarterback. I love um, Dylan Gabriel. I think he's excellent, really good. Um, outside, he doesn't have a great arm, but he can be, he plays the spread as well as anyone as far as reading defense. They get up, they get up, they get up plays quicker, I think, than any team in the country. And they get catch a lot of teams off guard. And then also they lost Randy Shannon, offensive coordinator, worst offensive coordinator I maybe have ever seen. Dumbo, Dumbo. He's an idiot. (laughs) Nice guy, but I'll never forget. I used to argue with the Miami fans here about how really good he was with the 2001 Miami defense. All he did was line up in a 4-3. Didn't have to blitz. I mean, when you got Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, um, I mean, the list goes on and on of these guys that were, you know, in the Pro Bowl or Pro Bowlers. So um, he made his name, and now no one picked up the guy. So I think that's going to be a big plus. And, and maybe another team, I like SMU a lot. Mm. So last year they had some injuries, a um, couple of their key receivers. Their receivers might be top five in the country. So everyone knows about um, Reggie Roberts. He got hurt after four games. They got a kid, Danny Gray, 6'1", 180, can run like the wind. I hear he's progressing. Came from a junior college, is really good. Uh, 
They uh, added a, a kid from Oregon, linebacker, their top tackler from last year. Uh, they return 18 starters from last year. And then you also throw in that kid. You throw in a kicker, uh, one of the best kickers, a uh, uh, kid that was at Washington State was excellent. And then uh, tight end from Oklahoma and the quarterback from Oklahoma. Basically, you got 22 starters. Everyone's returning. Uh, wouldn't shock me if SMU wins the conference. I think Cincinnati's really good, mm. but a little bit different when teams are starting to shoot for you. You know, they're kind of under the radar a little bit the last couple of years. You got Tanner Mordecai, and look, Sonny Dykes' offense is a ton of fun to watch, and they're great to play for overs. SMU is a fun team to bet overs on because they love to put up the ball right. and throw, throw a lot. So, yeah, that's a, that's a team that could be two good, two good running backs, too. Bentley, really good. Tough to bring down fast and strong. So a lot of talent is transferred in there, and they've recruited pretty well, and they're developing kids also. So one independent we'll talk about, obviously, it's the big boy, but Notre Dame here, who looks like they may be kind of rebuilding and reloading, if you will. But some people are high on the Irish. How do you feel about Notre Dame going into the year? I'm not. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a tough year for them. So after this year, they might want to join the ACC. (laughs) (laughs) So. I, I think Brian Kelly is a solid coach. You know, they um, they actually play 12 teams that have a shot of making a bowl. This mm. is one of the toughest schedules this year. So you can't discount pretty much a three-and-a-half-year starter losing Ian Book. A um, lot of key players. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for them. Probably going to be an eight-and-four, nine-and-three team at best. I love the North Carolina game there because it's a chance for Sam Howell. If he's going to have a Heisman moment, that's the game he's got to put up 400 yards. He's got to put up something significant on that Irish defense on the road if, the, if he's going to be in the Heisman conversation. But I'm, I'm eyeballing that game big time for, for yeah. Carolina having a chance to put up a, we, a well, you, you want You want North Carolina. Sometimes you know, if North Carolina is playing great and Notre Dame's down, it may not be a time to play it. You want Notre Dame to go into that game I think it's uh, kind of like week seven, week eight. Mm-hmm. Yep. If if that's the case, and North Carolina is you know back and forth, North Carolina is a great team as a dog. So their coaching staff they coach great when the pressure is off. Pressure yeah. was on them last year against oh, Notre yeah. Dame, and Notre Dame smashed them right in the face, killed them. Yep, killed them. That, that, that was a huge game. Dominated. I, I was bummed because I was all about North Carolina going, okay, this yeah. is now their yeah. time. And two, you know, two NFL wide receivers, two yeah. NFL running backs, and they couldn't do uh, that first drive was awesome. And then that's it. They <laughs> that's never, it. That they never the had the ball. Nah. Notre Dame just, just ran it right down the throat. Yeah. And I mean, they were, their defensive linemen were dominating. So, uh, yeah, I love Hal, but let's wait. Let's get it in the right situation. So the Pac-12 is interesting because this is a conference that last year played late. They weren't going to play, yeah. and then they did wind up playing. So it was a little bit of a funky type of year. A lot of folks are high on USC. They like what Arizona State's been doing, although there's been some off-the-field issues, obviously, with investigations and whatnot into the Sun Devils. But who do you like out of the Pac-12? Looking for a sleeper, Utah. Mm. I know people uh, who love Utah to win the Pac-12, and they got okay. pretty good-sized bets on Utah to win the Pac-12. I don't know if they're going to win the Pac-12, but I think they got a good shot to win their side. Charlie Brewer, so I'm pretty tapped into the Baylor program. Mm-hmm. He was unhappy last year in the offense. He was injured. And what happened? He's vindicated the offensive coordinator fired after one year. When you see an offensive coordinator fired after one year, some real problems. So uh, if you watch the spring tape, of him 15 for 15. He is just, he is crisp. I think he's going to win the job pretty easily. Uh, they haven't had a quarterback 
number yeah. of years. Um, they had the kid from Fort Lauderdale, the three kids, you know, with Moss at running back. Moss was a good player, but the receiver and the quarterback, they, they j- j- turned the ball over left and right. Yeah. And um, always have really good. Yeah. They, 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 they play smash ball football and the turnovers killed them. I mean, when, when they were forced sure. to throw, that's when they always got into trouble because you couldn't run on them because they take, yeah. they have so many huge defensive linemen. They, they go and right. grab 300 pounders like crazy. And then they well, run the ball they, down your throat. They, they, most of them have, outside of BYU, most doing missions. So yeah. I'm over 24, 25, 26 years old. And right. uh, they always play great special teams. So this might be the year that, that they break through. Um, everyone likes Washington. A lot yeah. of people are yeah. all over Washington. So let me say this. There's a reason why uh, you had a kid, O'Brien, Patrick O'Brien transfer there. <clears throat> Patrick O'Brien, pretty good quarterback, Colorado State. Why would he leave Colorado State unless he thinks that he can beat out Dylan Morse? Dylan Morse is not impressive. They they used to have a bunch of playmakers. They, their DBs are pretty good, but there's not any receivers that you fear that can catch a ball, break a tackle, and go 75, 80 yards. Same with the running backs. Look at they, – they get two starting running backs for the Dolphins right now. Since mm. then, hadn't been the same. So mm. um, I'm, I'm not not as high on them. Uh, I think Stanford might play a little bit better. People you – know, they only returned 14 starters. They had a lot of injuries, COVID cases. Uh, David Shaw is best when uh, there's not a lot of expectations for him. That's true. Yep. And and you know, the Pac-12 as a whole, I think everybody has kind of looked at them when it comes to the mergers. Is it going to be a Big Ten? Is it going to be someone else they're going to merge with to kind of compete with the SEC? And I think it's because they know that they could go, you know, 11 and one and still get passed over. Like it's just, they're always forgotten about no matter what happens. And they need Oregon to kind of be their bell cow. And when they're not elite, well, they got well, problems. The biggest, the biggest plus for the entire conference is they got rid of their commissioner. I true. mean, his deal to do um, uh, the Pac-12 network, they're not on anywhere. Nope. <laughs> so I mean, you got to be on uh, Directv. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it just starts and stops there. You, if right. you're not on, if you're not on Directv, you're dead in the water with sports fans. And they 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 weren't on Directv, and it was that was it. I never he watched Pac-12 games. He killed the program, and he was. I mean, uh, the the expenses they were running through their league yeah. office. I mean, uh, be located in Corvallis, be located in Eugene, be located in Sacramento. You really got to be in San Francisco. Uh, They're an absolute mess. Maybe they figure it out in time. But I'll say this, adding TCU and Oklahoma State's not going to get it done. No, and that, that's what I, I've speculated that I think if they added, you know, Nevada and UNLV, not from competition, but from market standpoints, to go ahead and get people that if you're going to lean into sports gambling to come in and grab a hold of, of, of markets like that, and then let Pac-12 kids be marketed here in Vegas, maybe right. a better you get more bounce than going and getting an Iowa State or getting a, a TCU. If people say TCU because of the Dallas market. No, I, I saw. I, I've only met like two TCU fans in my entire life. Yeah. And they're in Fort Worth anyway. So it's like right, you know I mean? right. in Dallas. So it's like, right. you know, if you want Dallas, go get SMU. <laughs> like right. that, That's right. a Dallas town. That's a, that's a Dallas yeah. team if you want to go get somebody in Dallas. Okay. So the ACC, we already touched on, touched on North Carolina just here a little bit. But I'm curious how you feel about Virginia Tech and your Miami Hurricanes this year. Because Miami's got a date with Alabama in week one. Yeah. I think the talent's down at Virginia Tech. I mean, they return, I think, something like 14, 15 starters. So... Virginia Tech and Virginia programs, I just don't think are ever going to be that great. Yeah. They, um, 
recruiting, coaching. I thought I'm surprised. Usually I'm pretty right on the money. I thought Justin Fuente was going to be really good. He hasn't turned out to be what I thought he was going to be. So mm-hmm. a lot of dissension. You see a lot of guys transferring out here. They can't stop the run. They used to, I mean, their defenses were really good. They gave up 4.9 yards per carry last year on the run. You can't do that. So they're still getting sacks, but um, don't have the offensive players. They're in trouble. Miami's interesting. So I think Miami. Shocker, you'd be finding in Miami no, no, interesting. No. I didn't say they're great. <laughs> okay. So I think they have a one-game season. If they get blown out by Alabama, there won't be 30,000 fans rest of the games. Really? Even though everyone knows they're going to get blown out by Alabama. You know what Nick Saban does in week one. Well, he does. Here's the thing. If they face Alabama week six, they get blown out. But watch the tape of the spring game. Bryce Young can be blitzed. If I'm Miami, you want to attract. It's all about recruiting. It's not. People say, oh, Alabama, their coaching is great. The coaches. Yeah, they've had some good coaches. They might have some trouble here. O'Brien coaching the offense may not be a good fit. The last couple offensive coordinators have been excellent. Yes. But I have a feeling Miami, if they're smart, they game plan for Clemson and they had a great game plan, but then it absolutely, there was a torrential downpour and they got, uh, they, they jumped off sides fourth and five and gave Clemson a first down in the first series, scored turnover 14, nothing. But, and King also, King also turned the ball over a lot in that game. Yeah, it was, it was in a driving rainstorm. Yeah. So that game is played in dry weather. They might lose by 7 to 14 points. It just changed the way the game was played. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm Miami, I game plan very aggressive on offense, try some double passes, um, some trick plays. And on defense, I come after Young. You make if they sit back and allow them to run the football like North Carolina did, they'll lose by 35, 45 points. They got to come after him. And I think that Young in the first game, with all the new receivers, they're, they're talented. I mean, watch the receivers, they're talented. The <laughs> running backs, they're talented. I mean, they got a couple kids, Robinson. Brian Robinson's a starter, another kid who's Robinson will play the slots, gonna be really good also. But Maybe in the first game they can be hit. Think the key for Miami, they got to be trailing by 10 points or less going into the fourth quarter and not lose by more than 17, which is pretty much the line for them to, to have some hope. If they do, you know, then people will start buying in. I think the confidence of the kids, they lose by 40 points. There'll be no one at these games and their recruiting will suffer. They only have like six recruits. So if you have a quarterback, you have a chance. They didn't have a quarterback till, till they had King. Yeah. At least with King, they have a shot. He's, I love him. I, I love him yeah. in Houston. I love him in Miami. I think it was a great move for him to transfer to Miami. It's just, this ain't the game. Oh, <laughs> and let me say this. My, my team that I'm going to, if I had to pick one team to win it all, yeah. is Clemson. Clemson. National championship. National champions. Okay. So look at Dabo. When so he's here's on. my question. So, okay. Yeah. So, but, but let's, we'll, 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 we're talking about AC. So, why do you think Clemson beats Georgia? Because I think Georgia's got a really good shot at knocking them off game one. Well, first of all, head coach, Kirby okay. Smart, big games. That's worth a field goal right there. <laughs> but he hasn't had many, he hasn't had many cross conference big games. His big games are also are often in conference right. against Nick Saban. Right. Okay. But this is a big whoever loses this game can still end up in the final four. True. They run yes. The yes. So I think Dabo's going to come into this game with a little chip on his shoulder. Lost two games last year. I think his quarterback is really good. 
are you sure Ugalele? Yeah. I mean, I don't know yet. I think he's good. I think okay. he's good. I think that they they the only thing that I was concerned with is running back position. And I think they're going to be fine. They got Shipley, maybe the, the top one of the top recruits in the country. They got three receivers, Matt, that are six three, six four. They can run like the wind, and can probably take a quarter or maybe even a dime off the top of a backboard. They can jump out of the gym, and they're all healthy now. They haven't been last year. They they were without two of those three guys, and I think that's a difference maker. There's. Their defense was beaten up. A couple big key games. They lost guys like the first couple plays of the game or yep. uh, the week before uh, going in Notre Dame. You know, that was a yep. tough place. That was a bad setup playing at Notre Dame there without your starting quarterback. Uh, your linebacker, I think, didn't he get – either was hurt or got, got tossed after the yeah. first, yeah, well, yep. first play of the game. So yep. bad situation. And they get by that game, look out. I, I like – Clemson playing when they have a, a chip on their shoulder. Four and a half points is going to, I mean, if, if that closes at five and a half, like I think it might, I'm going to be all over Georgia. I, I'm, okay. I haven't bet it yet. I'm waiting. Okay. I'm waiting. I think Georgia's going to be in the game, but I think I could see Clemson winning the game. Ugalele is a question for me in, in that situation against that Georgia defense. I think he could be turnover prone in that, in that first game well, of the year, but Georgia just not a big score. Watch, right. watch the tape of, of, of their, their, their offense, even after they made the quarterback change, which I said they, they should have done from week one. Maybe he was right. still hurt. Barrett, you know, he, I don't, I don't know the situation, what was going on. He's coming off that knee injury. But uh, I think Clemson, uh, best defensive line. Told yeah. The quarterback, yeah. their defensive line, those four guys might all be first rounders. <sighs> Unbelievable. They're so talented. Yeah. yeah. All right. So really the big 12 Lee is, is a two horse race. The conference is, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't mean to be insulting, but it's pretty much garbage outside of it. <laughs> you, you, you have Oklahoma and Iowa state. Right. Uh, I'm not buying Sark at Texas. I think he's going to have a tough run of it personally. I, I mean, Baylor's down, you know, Texas tech is down. West Virginia is down. TCU is down, but is there anybody who you like outside of the big two, anybody that could do something special? You know, the biggest surprise is I think Kansas State is down. Usually they're a team that you go look out. Same with Oklahoma State. I don't like their their play caller, uh, Casey Dunn. I think there's there's been a, a, a real regression there. Um, they just don't have the players there at the skill positions they used to have. I think that's one of, one of the rare conferences. I think it's those two guys. And P- Texas is all excited about moving to the SEC. Might be sorry in a couple of years when they're six and six, seven and five. Now they think all of a sudden recruiting is going to get that much better. Maybe not so. Well, I mean, look, isn't it fair though to say that AM's number one selling point over Texas is SEC football and they've finally been able to eliminate that? So they should start to get better kids. I mean, Houston, you know, that was a huge recruiting yeah. area for Houston for, for Texas, and all the kids are going to AM because they, they they want to go, they want to go play in the SEC. Well, well, it's 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 helping here in South Florida. He has two kids. He has a, a receiver and a running back, a receiver that people had him as a three star. The kid might end up being the fourth receiver right off the bat, wow. a team that's loaded. So he's going everywhere. He's not just going to Texas anymore. Um, he is a Jimbo's a really good recruiter. I go to a lot of games Friday nights when I finish doing shows just to relax. You know, I can watch the Friday night game as I'm working later. Um, just need to let it all. And I, and I get to see some players before they go to college, too. And Jimbo and his recruiters, they really work it. You see, they'll I'll be sitting there on a the sideline, Miami. All of a sudden you see a helicopter swoop in. 
out, out comes Jimbo, out comes someone from his staff. And literally, literally, you'll see them within a quarter. They're going from being on the 10, 20 yard line. They're on the coaching box. They're talking wow. to the coaches as the game's going on. So they got that personality. I mean, personally, would I want to go to AM? I wouldn't want to live in College Station. The dump. Over, over, over Austin. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, over I, Austin. I, I, it, it's over Austin. Austin's a lot, a lot yeah. nicer. I mean, College Station's not bad. Just it's a typical college town. It's right. you know a forty-five hour drive to Houston to get to a city. So yeah. it's, but it's not Austin, and it's also not wearing burnt orange. But the right. thing about wearing Aggie colors is the Aggies have always been the little brother, and now yeah. they have a chance to go ahead and say we're the SEC. And that has been a huge selling point and a monster problem. And Longhorn fans, they've got deeper pockets than Aggies do, and they yeah. were not happy about it. <laughs> they were not happy about it at all. So that they they wanted to eliminate that if they could. Okay, the Big Ten is interesting. All right, so obviously Ohio State's there, yeah. but let's talk about some teams. And I I'm curious. I want to start with Iowa. How, how do you feel about Iowa? Because I don't like their quarterback. I don't see a big play threat on their offense. I think their back seven is really talented, but their front four is a problem. And in the big 10, I think that's a yeah. massive problem. You're going to get run over by these teams that run power offenses like Wisconsin. I, I bet under eight and a half wins for Iowa this year. How do you feel about the Hawkeyes? One of my five bets too. Both their defensive tackles are new starters. Yeah. Iowa's Iowa. It's the same play calling all the time. They're so conservative. Eight and four first. Yeah. And you're starting <laughs> to see some, yeah. And, and you're starting to see some, some teams starting to, you know, look at Indiana. Indiana's going to be good this year. I mean, they were good last year. They were within a touchdown of beating Ohio State. Then they lose their quarterback and people forgot about him. He's going to be back. So, yeah, I, I don't think they've moved into the 21st century yet. And you'll see a lot of their guys do better in the pros because yeah, they because right. of the system and weren't coached up. Um, just they don't have playmakers. They don't have you, you, you got to on defense. They play that that four three and they're so conservative. Ben, don't break. I mean, they don't blitz a whole lot. Um, I think they need to take more chances. I think. uh they're on the downtick a little bit. Look, the Indiana game is so interesting. Week number one for Indiana and Iowa. Should Iowa be laying four and a half points in that game? I don't think so. I right? Think, yeah. I mean, I mean, Indiana not only has more playmakers on offense, they got guys on defense that make plays. Right. So a bunch of DBs that, you know, they'll really um they'll step in front of they'll take some chances. And they're usually they're usually right. So um they also added a nice DB from Ole Miss, uh, Jonathan Hayes, kid who had 17 starts. That was yep. uh, the one the one weakness maybe in the backfield. And they changed um, some running schemes. They realized that their, their running game wasn't working well enough. So um, I was watching the spring game. Look at their run, run schemes and where they're blocking on some of these running plays. They're going to change it up. And sometimes they can have one play where they're playing zone. Uh, and I noticed this. You don't see this often. Um, people see a cross block, but they'll do some even some different schemes where instead of the outside guy going first and blocking down and then like, let's say, the a guard blocking down in the center, pulling out and taking the linebacker, the defensive tackle, they're doing it even opposite. I saw the center and a guard pulling out and then having the tackle or the guard coming down. So trying some different things because they just don't have, they don't have, but their offensive line is, they got a couple guys that aren't even 300 pounders. So yeah. you gotta, it's all about angles and leverage. And 
I think they're they're pretty smart there at Indiana. What do you make of Nebraska? Because their schedule is brutal. Yeah. I, I bet under six and a half wins for Nebraska this year. I, I look, I like Scott Frost. I want them to yeah. do well. I know they got the quarterback coming back and they've had some decent luck in recruiting recently, but man, that schedule is something else yeah. for Nebraska right now. I, I just don't see a great year in Lincoln. Where are you on the Huskers? Well, sometimes it's a mentality. And I think um, Adrian Martinez not having to look over his shoulder might be a huge plus. I mean, he was looking over his shoulder the last couple of years and True. If he made a mistake, he knew he was going to be pulled. It looked like he might. I'm never saying he's going to be great. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, but I think he might turn the corner. They got a couple transfers. I think they got a kid from like Montana or something like that, a receiver. They don't have many game breakers, and I think a running back, a transfer also. Um, he's going to have to be the guy. But the kid from Montana catches everything. He's not a guy that's going to catch a ball and go 50, 60 yards for a touchdown, but he's better than what they had before. And a big, huge defensive line. If they can just, you know, get kids a little bit stronger, they got some guys at linebacker who can make some plays in space. I think, I think they're going to win seven, eight games. I'm not saying there's no oh. way they're winning nine or ten. It is a tough schedule, but um, can it get any worse for Nebraska? I don't know. The, their schedule just is so, just so brutal right now. And I, yeah. I, I look. I again, I want Scott Frost to do well. It's like he he got the job, but I mean they've got. Real, real problems well, trying to. What, what are, what, well, so they start off against Illinois. Think they're going to beat Illinois down. I don't know on the road. You like them to win on the yeah, road? I, I, I still I, like okay. Nebraska. What's well, a new coach? And so and here are Illinois. their here are their wins. Okay, to me. Yeah. At Illinois. Yep. Fordham. Yep. Buffalo. Right. They're going to get killed at Oklahoma. They're going right. to. I have them losing to Michigan State on the road. They can win that game. They could. But it's a toss-up. But I'm losing. I I think they go one and one between Northwestern and Michigan State. The okay. win one, lose the win one, lose one. So flip okay. up there. I think they lose to Michigan. I know people debate on that, but I think they lose to Michigan. I think they lose at Minnesota. Minnesota's not great. Come on. No, they're not. But it's at Minnesota. Uh, it's a Minnesota not- was terrible last year. So terrible. is Nebraska. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, okay. but Minnesota, you could run through their defense. Okay. Let me uh, tell you, you could play you could play defensive tackle. I've seen the way you look shake <laughs> your end. Their 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 front seven is not good on defense. And okay, yeah, then they'll lose uh to Ohio State and Wisconsin and and Iowa. Well, you never you're not high on Iowa. I'm so, not, but but I'm higher on Iowa than I am on Nebraska. And and it's and so like so the wins, I have them winning five games. They're gonna win seven. Uh, okay. All right. So I, we're, I, we're I, on a little bit different side there. We're on a different side there on that. Right. I, I think Nebraska, I, I think their road games are going to, I think they're going to struggle on the road. They've really had a tough right. time winning road games under, under Scott Frost. Anyone else in the big 10 that you like? I told you Indiana. I mean, yeah, Indiana's me really good. I'm huge on Indiana. I'm so high in Indiana. Right. I, I, I think they are, they are absolutely outstanding. Okay. You so listen to, to Tom the, Allen. Yeah. He really, he, he gets it. Listen to any interview with him. Uh, he's recruiting now. Some, yeah. I think he's going to make him a football school. I am my only concern. Michael Penix Jr. Having two ACL surgeries coming back yeah. is my only concern with him because right. if he's out, their team is totally different. But Fry Fogel I back, I, I, I just, I, I really, yes, Ohio State's receiving core is outstanding, but Indiana is going to be very tough to deal with every right. week and yeah. a wide open offense and a coach that's got yeah. the, got the nuts to go after anything and call big plays and big moments. So yeah, yeah I love, I love Indiana. Okay. SEC football time. This yeah. is my favorite bet of the entire college football season is over seven and a half wins on Ole Miss. How do you feel about the Rebels? 
Let me look at their schedule here. So uh, Matt Corral is, is a Heisman Trophy dude in my mind, okay? I think Matt Corral is going to have a huge year. I think Lane Kiffin's going to throw up a ton of offense. I think they're going to improve their defense enough to go mm-hmm. in and compete and put up big numbers across the country. Yeah. Obviously, it's the SEC, but I... Well, he, he brought in some guys. I mean, yes. I'm looking right now. He brings in a, a kid at Maryland that started, kid at Georgia who started a couple games. And even a Navy transfer, well, that, that might be an upgrade for Ole Miss's secondary. It so, is. Uh, I thought it was also, last year. He also got a couple kids on the defensive line, linebacker from junior college. So can't get any worse. The only thing that concerns me is he fired his offensive line coach right after the spring game. That was kind of weird, but mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, they should start 3-0. and Louisville's nothing this year. That's yep. a neutral site game. Austin P. Um, Tulane, uh, Tulane. I mean, at Tennessee, isn't that much anymore. They can no, be and, and that's Arkansas. Lane Kiffin going back to Tennessee. You better yeah. believe that he's going to throw a number up on the vault. Did, <laughs> did they play? Did they play Liberty? No, they didn't play Liberty last year. But they'll no. they'll be ready for Liberty this year. Correct. And Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to win ten games, but no, they'll, nine and three. Yeah. I, four, I, nine and three. I, I think nine it. and three. I think over seven and a half for Ole Miss. I, I, I'm huge on Matt Corral. I, okay. I just think this is going to be, I think Lane Kiffin's got something cooking offensively. Everything is fitting in perfectly for where the game is going, for what yep. Lane wants to do. Uh, he lost 30 pounds. He's refocused his life. He's got his right. personal life is finally stabilized. And uh, I, I think this is going to be a really he's, fun year. He's down to what? Two girlfriends from four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they get along now. So he's not going to have to worry about the, the, the him, him and Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, uh, Ooh, boy. living the life, huh? Have, having some fun. Uh, all right. So obviously Alabama is everyone's going to talk about Alabama here. Fine. But let's get in. We talked about Georgia already. There's Ole Miss. What about your Florida Gators? How do you feel about them this season? There's a bunch of money coming in okay. here on Vegas on Florida futures at 40 to one to win the national championship. No shot. I'm going to come out and say, I think Emory Jones is going to fall flat on his face. Wow. I think he's a great athlete. I don't think he's a passer. Okay. I th- Don't be surprised by week six, seven, you see one of the freshman quarterbacks in there. Just don't think, Ooh. I don't think he's, I don't, I don't, like I said, you know, everyone luck, likes him. I don't. Right. I okay. see some things in his drawing motion. Um, I think he's hey, when he came in, you know, he was running pretty much that that run, that the spread run package. I think teams are gonna be waiting for him. They're gonna make him throw the football, and I don't think he's gonna be that successful. He's got some pretty good receivers. He's got Copeland and and kid uh, Xavier Henderson. Now you remember the DB for Florida that drafted in the first round? It's his younger brother. Oh wow. How good of an athlete is he? he played at Miami Columbus. Okay. So as a freshman. They had a four by 100 meter team that went to state. He was the anchor of the team that won state. The okay. anchor is a true freshman. He's wow. six, four. He's like the receivers um, that you see at uh, Clemson. Okay. He's like, he's at that level. So he's a guy who'll probably come on. So I don't, I don't like Jones. And I, I think Alabama's going to lose two games this year. Alabama is going to lose two games. They're going to lose a and and someone else. Oh, wow. Jimbo's finally going to beat Nick. Here's how he can do it. All right. The two guys that were battling in spring ball. Watch this spring game. They got a kid named Calzita. Yeah. And they got a kid named Hayes King. Calzita's the better passer. 
he's not the guy they should go with. I go with Hayes King, my opinion. Why do I say that? He's a dual threat. How do you beat Alabama? Guys like Deshaun Watson. Run, throw, put pressure. You know, Johnny Manziel. The, the yep. last time, last time AM beat Alabama was Johnny yep. Manziel. <laughs> right. And he destroyed him. Yeah. This kid, Hayes King, if they if they start him from day one, if they start Calzita and they stay with him, they're not beating him. Calzita's more of a passer. And he's okay. He's a pretty good passer. Mm. King may not be the better passer right now, but listen to the schedule. They open with Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arkansas. How much easier can you right. start and get and get experience for your young quarterback? Then they play at home against Mississippi State. Pretty good defense. Be a nice test. Then Alabama, sixth game. <sighs> so if follow that. That's that's my blueprint to beat Alabama if AM is smart. So sometimes they'll do it, sometimes they won't. We'll see if they follow it. If Bama loses two games, are they in the playoffs? No, no. So you have Bama missing the playoffs. So here in Vegas at Circus Sports, I can I can better know on Bama to make the postseason to make the to make the playoffs. Oh, I didn't see. And what's and what's the number? Oh, here, let me pull it up. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be you, you you're gonna get a taste. And, and I don't think Miami's beating them. Florida might give them no. a battle at Florida. Yes, I agree. With okay. That. Yep. A and M. I think that if they could go down there, um, LSU LSU always comes to play them at home, and then at Auburn last game. You get plus three to one. And, okay, and, Al- and then also Al- Alabama to miss the play, miss the playoffs. It's three and then to one. Ole, and and your Ole Miss Rebels too. Yeah, no, I think if Ole Miss plays any defense, absolutely, yeah. I think that there's an, yeah. an absolute one hundred percent. Actually, you know what? Sorry, that I'm reading the wrong. That's Bama to win the championship on a no. Okay. So 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 yes is plus two ninety five and no is minus four hundred. Where is the? I don't think Circa has up yet for yeah, to miss the postseason. I haven't seen that bet up there. But I'm, I'll 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 okay. shop for that. That that's a bet I'll, I'll look for because that's got to be a huge number for Alabama to miss the postseason, but lose two games. So you would take the under on Bama win total then. Yep. Wow. I think this I is a year that. he loses two games. So you don't like Bryce Young at all? I think he's pretty good, but I think it's going to take him a little while. I don't I don't who's, like O'Brien as better, offensive coordinator. Who's better, Bryce Young or Ugalele for Clemson? Ugalele. Interesting. All right. Bigger, yeah. the bigger, big, yeah. bigger, bigger yeah. dude. I yeah. mean, in terms, of, I, I, I just, I'm very interested to see how both. It's a very interesting year in college football. For, for that yeah. reason, do you get the Oklahoma love with Spencer Rattler to win it all? Given where we are with Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State with their new quarterbacks. So I don't think they're going to win it all. But here's the difference in years past: they actually have a defense. Yeah, they got some DBs that can cover. So. They, they, I mean, years past, they were giving up 350, 400 yards a game. The games that they lost, Spencer Rattler gave it away, turnovers. And I don't think he's going to do it this year. I think they'll get in the final four, and whether they win or not, I don't know. I like Clemson best. I like Oklahoma a lot. They're DBs. They had a couple guys that used to be starters that transferred out. So you upgrade there. Okay. Two yep. last questions before we, before we yep. wrap here. First question is, give me a name. Give me a team that we'll be talking about that we haven't talked about yet. Do you think could have a big season? <sighs> mm. And I don't mean, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't mean national championship. I just mean right. somebody who's going to be on the top 20. Someone's going to be yeah. on the radar screen that Wake we aren't Force. talking about. Wake Forest. Wow. Yeah. Wake Forest. How about, 
So I think the last regular season game, they had three defensive backs, three, three defensive backs that suited up for the game. They pulled in a couple receivers. So they went four and five, but they do return 20 starters. They had a kid transfer. They had, they had a couple of weaknesses on the offensive line. The kid transferred from Maryland, could be a nice starter at right guard. And I think they had a kid from Colorado, a defensive back. Um, I think it's a talented team. Uh, they had a bunch of young players that weren't quite ready at receiver last year. They'll be really good this year. I think Hartman's two, you know, now he's almost a two year starter and um, really good coach in Clawson. So they might go nine and three, 10 and two, and most people won't even, you know, I mean, people will take notice by the end of the year, but, you know, if you're looking, you know, I'm not going to give you a, uh, Alabama's going to go 12 and 0. Uh, I think Wake Forest is going to have a nice year. And to wrap, Lee, throw back to our old days in radio. If someone wants to get in touch and talk to you during the season, how can they do so? Just go to paramountsports.com. Um, try to do my best. You can call some nights at 11, 12 o'clock at night. I'm still here watching games and studying. So I'm going to give you my best shot. Am I going to win every game every week? No. But I think over, I, we've tracked it over the last decade i've won an average of 17 out of 22 weeks so there'll be 23 weeks this year in football so pretty that's a pretty big accomplishment especially last year i mean there was i had the best record i I was looking up different handicappers on different sites sell picks and stuff that are monitored i don't see anyone that did better than me and there was literally about eight or nine games that were either one of my top two or top three games that i was going to put out that was canceled on a Thursday or Friday. So, so feel pretty good about that. So they just want to check it out. Paramountsports.com. We do everything now, even added UFC this year, had a guy always wanted to add it, but people weren't interested. People are interested in that. Now baseball, we're, we're doing well. Hockey was number one in the country, almost almost 60% in hockey average playing a minus, I think one twelve favorite. A lot of people tell you, Oh, I, I I hit 72%. Yeah. They're playing minus two twenty five favorites. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the new right. thing that people do. So, you know, stay away from the Vegas Daves. Tell you they're sixty eight <laughs> and four uh, on their super goats, whales, or Brandon Lang. You know mm. who lose every year. Um, so, like, yeah. if you're if you're looking for someone to give you a good shot, ParamountSports.com. Lee, thank you for the time. Appreciate you coming on. Best of luck this season. We'll catch up to test up on the road, okay? Thanks, Matt.